What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Thursday, April 7th, 2022. Coming up this hour. The U.S. and its allies line up more sanctions on Russia as atrocities in Ukraine grow. Stocks sell off after hawkish minutes from the Federal Reserve. And we'll tell you which company's surging on news of a $4 billion stake from Warren Buffett. The rate of major crimes in New York City is up. Plus, it's confirmation day for Supreme Court nominee Ketanji Brown-Jackson. I'm Mike LeBar. More ahead. I'm John Stashauer in sports. Second half comeback by the Nets to beat the Knicks. The Masters tees off today, and the Mets open their season in Washington. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak on Bloomberg 1130 New York, Bloomberg 99.1 Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 1061 Boston, Bloomberg 960 San Francisco, Sirius XM 119, and around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow, and S&P futures are higher this morning. We're coming up to 501 on Wall Street, and we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures up eight points. Dow futures are little changed, and NASDAQ futures are up 65. The DAX in Germany is up about half percent. Ten-year Treasury up 8.30 seconds, yield 2.56 percent, and the yield on the two-year, 2.42 percent. NYMEX crude oil is up half percent, or 45 cents, at not. $96.68 a barrel. Nathan. All right, Karen, we'll have more on the markets in a minute. First, the latest on the war and more evidence of atrocities against civilians in Ukraine. The U.S. and its allies are lining up more sanctions on Russia. Amy Morris has more from our Bloomberg 991 newsroom in Washington. These new sanctions target two of Russia's biggest banks and Vladimir Putin's adult daughters. Chatham House Associate Fellow Katerina Wolchuk tells Bloomberg Television Russia was the 11th largest economy in the world, so there are consequences beyond Russia's borders. What the West now really reckons with is the fact that we have very extensive interdependence with Russia, with Russians, with financial institutions, with Russian banks, but specifically energy as well. And European foreign ministers are likely to discuss an oil embargo on Russia when they meet next week. Ukraine's foreign minister pleaded for more weapons during a NATO meeting in Brussels. The mayor of Mariupol says more than 5,000 civilians have been killed in his city. In Washington, I'm Amy Morris, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Amy, thank you. Well, another note on the war. It looks like the United Nations General Assembly could end up suspending Russia from the Human Rights Council. The council plans a vote on the matter later today. Well, the days after the war began, Karen, the Russian ruble collapsed. Remember that. Sanctions on Moscow sank it to a record low of 121 per dollar. Things looked dire enough that President Biden said the ruble had been reduced to rubble. Now the ruble has surged all the way back to where it was before Putin invaded Ukraine. Right now it's trading around 80 per dollar. 
Well, Nathan, we're seeing fallout this morning from one company's exit from Russia. Shares of Shell are down 1% in European trading. The oil giant said its withdrawal from the country will result in 4 to $5 billion of impairments. Shell also warns that price volatility in the first quarter could hit cash flow. All right, let's shift to the economy now and markets back here in the U.S. Investors are still working through the Fed's plan to pair its balance sheet by more than a trillion dollars a year while also hiking interest rates. Let's get more live with with Bloomberg's John Tucker. John. Nathan, the plan is spelled out in the just-released minutes of the Fed's March meeting. Many officials viewed one or more half-point interest rate increases as possibly appropriate going forward. That is, if the rate of inflation doesn't come down. They also propose shrinking the central bank's balance sheet in line with market expectations. Michael Sheldon at Hightower RDM Financial Group says the Fed has been down this road before. They also, unfortunately, have a poor track record of of raising rates too aggressively and causing a downturn in the economy. And that's what I think investors are getting kind of a jittery about right now. Michael Sheldon, the RDM, worries the central bank could slow growth more than it intends. Bloomberg Economics says the Fed minutes showed noticeably more alarm about recent inflation developments. Live in New York, I'm John Tucker, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, John, thank you. Well, stocks in Asia slid overnight, hitting a three-week low. There's concern a rapid rise in U.S. interest rates could hit growth and hurt earnings. And let's get the recap from Bloomberg's Juliet Sally in Singapore. Good morning, Juliet. Good morning, Karen. The MSCI Asia-Pacific Index lost as much as 1.3% for a third day of declines, led by tech shares in Japan and Taiwan. Stocks in Hong Kong and China fell, while the one weekend as officials once again signaled they intend to loosen policy amid the COVID outbreak and property market woes. A Bloomberg Intelligence gauge tracking Macau casino stocks fell more than 3% as a number of third-party casinos could end their gaming operations in Macau. In Singapore, Juliet Sali, Bloomberg Daybreak. Thanks, Juliet. Back here in the U.S., a big name in PCs is getting a boost from a big name on Wall Street. Shares of HP are surging more than 11% this morning on word of an investment from Warren Buffett. Let's get the latest live from Bloomberg's Renita Young. Good morning, Renita. Good morning, Nathan. Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway bought a stake in HP valued at more than $4.2 billion. The stock was purchased in multiple transactions this week, and a regulatory filing shows Berkshire now holds about 121 million shares of HP. Berkshire has historically shied away from technology investments, but it's leaned further into that sector in recent years. Live in New York, I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Renita, thank you. Well, turning to the pandemic now, there's concern about a potential rise in new COVID cases and has FDA advisors worried about vaccine plans? Bloomberg's Ed Baxter has the story. The advisors say the FDA should be developing a consistent standard for vaccines as new variants emerge. They say the odds are roughly 20 percent of another Omicron-like event in the next 12 months. NIH Director Dr. Anthony Fauci on Bloomberg's Balance of Power with David Weston says it will depend on a number of things. Hopefully there's enough background immunity so that we don't wind up with a lot of hospitalizations. The best way to avoid that is to get more people vaccinated and boosted in San Francisco. I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. And then we're seeing another impact from the pandemic on the housing market. A new report from real estate research firm Adam Data Solutions shows home prices in some of the country's priciest neighborhoods are staying somewhat subdued. Upscale suburbs of Washington, D.C. and wealthy New York towns are among markets with the slowest price appreciation. 
Findings show that the uh, spread of remote work during the pandemic has allowed many people to opt for living somewhere more affordable. S&P futures right now up seven points. Dow futures down eight. NASDAQ futures up 59 points. The 10-year Treasury is up 7.30 seconds. The yield 2.57%. Local headlines and a check of sports up next. This is Bloomberg. Right, now 507 on Wall Street. We're at 47 degrees in Central Park. Dealing with a truck fire on the New Jersey Turnpike. It's northbound near Interchange 8. Details coming up in traffic. Again, we are at 47 degrees in Central Park. And Michael Barr is here with what else is going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. Major crime in New York City rose by 36.5% in March from a year ago, despite Mayor Eric Adams' efforts to reduce the spike of incidents that have persisted since the pandemic began. The NYPD says citywide shooting incidents increased by more than 16%. NYPD Commissioner Keechan Sewell says we are facing a perception among criminals that there are no consequences even among serious crime. While there is no doubt that we face challenges and reversing years will not take weeks, the NYPD remains steadfast in its vision, plan, and commitment to the residents, businesses, and visitors to this city. Commissioner Sewell says the number of homicides fell by almost 16% from a year ago and robberies rose by more than 48%. The Senate will vote on final confirmation of President Biden's Supreme Court nominee, Judge Ketanji Brown-Jackson, this afternoon. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer made the announcement on the floor last night. First and foremost, we have reached an agreement for the Senate to conclude the confirmation process of Judge Ketanji Brown-Jackson... Jackson would become the first black woman to sit on the nation's highest court. The House voted to hold two former top Trump administration officials in contempt of Congress for defying subpoenas from the committee investigating the riot at the U.S. Capitol. Committee Chair Benny Thompson. We asked the individuals, subpoenaed them to come before the committee, and they chose not to come, and therefore they broke the law, and that's why we are here today. Representative Benny Thompson, the near-party line vote sends the contempt resolution for Dan Scavino and Peter Navarro for referral to the Justice Department for possible prosecution. The Postal Reform Act is now law. President Biden signed the bill. Biden says the legislation guarantees that the mail will continue to be delivered six days a week. The bill increases transparency by requiring the Postal Service to develop online an, an online public dashboard updated weekly with local and national service performance data. President Biden, Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts, more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg, Nathan. All right, Michael, thanks. 509 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update. Good morning, John Stanshower. Good morning, Nathan. Knicks and Nets at the Garden. First half was all Knicks. They had a 19 to nothing run, led at halftime by 17. But the Nets, who are not exactly known for their defense, held the Knicks in the second half to just 31 points. They had scored 38 in the second quarter. The Nets scored 38 in the fourth. They won 110 to 98. Kevin Durant scored 32 points and had a triple double. Obviously, every game is important for us, and not just in the standings, but for us to to build on what we want to do out there um, and I think the first half we didn't we didn't play Nets brand of basketball stuff that we preach about and execute and practice every day but I thought the second half you know 
is who we are. KD mentioned the standings. The Nets in a battle with Cleveland and Atlanta to finish seventh. That means one win at home, and they could advance. Rangers host Pittsburgh tonight. Could be a playoff preview. While the Yankee opener with the Red Sox was moved to tomorrow, the Mets opener in Washington is on. Despite some rain forecasts in D.C., they pushed the start from 4 o'clock back to 7. The Mets hope to have Jacob DeGrom on the mound for the opener. If not him, then Max Scherzer. Instead, it's Tyler McGill. DeGrom may not pitch until June due to his shoulder injury. Scherzer's got a tight hamstring is expected to make his Mets debut Saturday against his old team. While Tiger Woods is surprisingly in the Masters field, Phil Mickelson is missing his first Masters since 1994. Three-time champ taking time off. He was criticized for his disparaging remarks about the PGA Tour. The Masters says Mickelson was invited, and it was his decision not to play. Bloomberg Radio, hourly Masters update starting today, and the Masters tonight at 11. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? Okay, John, thanks. And uh, just crossing the Bloomberg Terminal, European Central Bank President Christine Lagarde has just announced that she has tested positive for COVID-19. She says the diagnosis will not affect ECB operations. Looking ahead to the market open, S&P futures are up five points. Dow futures down 23. NASDAQ futures higher by 55 points. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg 1130 weather, scattered showers and storms today, low 50s for highs. Chance for a shower tomorrow as well, low 60s. Maybe an isolated shower on Saturday, otherwise partly sunny, upper 50s. Currently 47 and cloudy in Central Park. Markets, headlines and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. European Central Bank President Christine Lagarde says she tested positive for COVID-19, adding that her symptoms are reasonably mild and that there won't be any impact on the operations of her institution. The ECB's governing council meets next week to set monetary policy for the euro area. Markets, meanwhile, are showing signs of stabilizing as traders step in to, after a sell-off sparked by the Federal Reserve's hawkish tilt, stocks in Europe are higher. S&P and NASDAQ futures are rising. We check the market's every 15 minutes throughout the trading day. On Bloomberg, S&P futures up about nine points. Dow futures little change. NASDAQ futures up 67. The DAX in Germany is up about four-tenths of a percent. Ten-year Treasury up 7.30 seconds, yield 2.56%. The yield on the two-year, 2.43%. NYMEX crude oil is up 1% or 98 cents at $97.20 a barrel. COMEX gold is up a third of a percent or $7.10 at $19.30.20 an ounce. The euro, 1.0877 against the dollar. British pound 1.3072, the yen at 123.72. Bitcoin moving lower, down 1.1% at $43,390. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael, good morning. Good morning, Karen. The United Nations General Assembly is set to vote today on whether to suspend Russia from the Human Rights Council. President Joe Biden accused the Kremlin's forces of committing major war crimes in Ukraine. It is opening day in Major League Baseball. The Mets are at the Nationals. The Yankees-Red Sox opener in New York has been postponed because of the weather. In the NBA, the Nets beat the Knicks 110-98. The Celtics won. The Wizards lost. In the NHL, the Capitals won. In golf, round one of the Masters begins today. Tiger Woods is back in the field 14 months after a devastating car crash. Stay tuned. 
for updates every hour on Bloomberg Radio and a special edition of Masters Tonight coming up at 11 p.m. Eastern. Global news, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts from more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. Okay, Michael, thanks for coming up to 520 on Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak, and we're joined live from Washington this morning, our Bloomberg 99.1 studios by Bloomberg Government Congressional Reporter Jack Fitzpatrick as we take a deeper dive into some of the sanctions pressure that is being brought to bear on Russia now from the U.S. and its European allies. Jack, good morning. We got the latest sanctions round from the U.S. yesterday targeting the uh, two biggest Russian banks, even Vladimir Putin's daughters. But the big factor that is still not being touched at this point, Russian oil and gas. Right. Well, the, the U.S. has a much easier time pulling away from Russian oil and gas itself, which it's doing and, and that has been decided. Uh, that was something Congress pushed Biden on a little earlier, uh, though these U.S. sanctions that were announced obviously don't get at uh, the broader European issue. Uh, there are still conversations about European countries pulling away from Russian oil and gas. Uh, I believe just yesterday Italy said they could do something like that if the rest of the European Union Union was united. Uh, that is somewhere where uh, the president may have an informal role communicating with allies. Uh, but in the meantime, we see this further effort of U.S. sanctions solely on a couple of major banks, on actually Vladimir Putin's daughters, uh, as well as the Russian foreign minister's wife and daughter. Uh, so there are some some personal connections aimed at uh, at Putin's wealth. Uh, but I, obviously, yes, this is much smaller in comparison to the broader conversation around European imports of Russian oil and gas. And there's still the open question about how much impact this is really having, not just on the war, but on the Russian economy. We've seen the images of apparent mass civilian killings in areas where Russia had once been in northern Ukraine. And now uh, we've seen the ruble which had tanked immediately after the invasion, is basically back to where it was. I mean, what kind of impact are these sanctions really having at this point? Yeah, that's been bad news for the U.S. and the the Europeans who did impose sanctions because, one, it, it, it seems to show that it wasn't enough in terms of European reliance on energy commodities. And also you saw that reflected in recent comments from U.S. officials, uh, including White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki, who addressed uh, India, uh, saying that it would be a a very bad thing for India to have more of a formal economic relationship with Russia. They are still buying energy commodities. They're the biggest buyer of Russian weapons. Uh, That's not an area where uh, the U.S. is sure they can get India to sign on to a major sanctions regime, but they at least want to make sure that uh, the country, a a major country such as India, doesn't sort of establish a more solid and formal relationship with Russia because they're trying to limit Russia's fallbacks uh, amid these sanctions from the West. And we also heard from uh, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen on Capitol Hill yesterday, kind of getting bipartisan uh, pressure to do more on the sanctions front. What ideas is the Treasury Department looking at? 
You know, she spoke supportively, obviously, of sanctions. A lot of the U.S. options are perhaps a little bit more uh, symbolic. She uh, mentioned that U.S. officials would not take part in certain group of 20 meetings this year if Russia is allowed to participate. Uh, that would be the, the finance minister's meetings. Uh, she also spoke a bit more broadly to the U.S.'s ability to rally an international sanctions uh, kind of pressure uh, in the context, actually, of concerns that Russia would invade Taiwan. She did cast the, the sanctions actions so far uh, against Russia as very significant. Uh, but really, that's another area where, despite pressure from Congress, there's only so much any U.S. officials can do on a unilateral basis. Much of the pressure is, is the U.S. working with other countries, looking to Europe, looking to India, and obviously looking to China as well. Just 30 seconds left here, Jack. The president's accusing Russia of major war crimes. Do we have any more uh, guidance on the U.S. effort to gather evidence uh, against Russia? That uh, appears to be a bit of a, a slow process. The president himself has said they need to gather the details. Uh, lawmakers we've talked to, we just talked to uh, Ken Calvert recently, who's a top member for defense spending, says it, it does appear there have been war crimes, but there's quite the process that you need to go through. Uh, the next step to look for, obviously, would be the vote that's supposed to happen today for the U.N. General Assembly voting right. to suspend Russia from the Human Rights the Council. The Human Rights Council, absolutely. Bloomberg government reporter Jack Fitzpatrick, thanks for the update from our nation's capital. S&P futures up seven points. Dow futures, little change down. NASDAQ futures up 60. Ten-year Treasury yield almost 2.57%. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg 11.30 weather, scattered showers and storms, low 50s today. Another chance for a shower tomorrow, low 60s. Partly sunny Saturday, but can't rule out an isolated afternoon shower, upper 50s. Right now, 47 in Central Park. Broadcasting live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio in New York. Bloomberg 1130 to Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 991 to Boston. Bloomberg 1061 to San Francisco. Bloomberg 960 to the country. Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe, the Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. It's 5.30 on Wall Street. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. We're just about four hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Let's get you up to date on the news you need to know at this hour. The United Nations General Assembly votes today on whether to suspend Russia from the Human Rights Council. A key NATO meeting focused on the war is also underway in Brussels. Bloomberg's Maria Tadeo is there and reports Ukraine's foreign minister is asking NATO for more weapons. The Ukrainian foreign minister said the time for reassurance is over. It's very clear for Ukraine that had a big reality check on this, that NATO is not going to fight this war on the ground. But he says at this point, what we need is big weapons. So the focus uh, from the Ukrainian foreign minister is to walk away, walk out from this meeting with a clear pledge from NATO that we are now going to see heavy tanks, potentially also missiles. He wants to come out of this meeting with a clear signal from them that he will get it. And Bloomberg's Maria Tadeo says Ukraine is also calling out Germany specifically, saying the country has been too slow to help. Well, meantime, in financial markets, Karen, the Russian ruble has made a comeback. It's back to trading at the level seen before the war began this morning, trading at almost 80 per dollar. Well, Nathan, we shifted the economy now and markets here in the U.S. Investors are still working through the Fed's plan to pair its balance sheet while also hiking interest rates. We get the details live with Bloomberg's John Tucker. John. 
Karen minutes from the Fed's March meeting show a hawkish tilt. Officials were focused on tamping down inflation and outlined plans to pair their balance sheet by more than $1 trillion a year. That's all raising concern about whether the central bank can engineer a soft landing for the economy. Many who attended the March meeting also viewed one or more half-point rate increases as possibly appropriate going forward. Live in New York, I'm John Tucker, Bloomberg Radio. And, John, a commodity call from J.P. Morgan is also making news this morning. The firm says commodities could surge as much as 40 percent. That's if investors boost raw material allocations to hedge against inflation. Well, Nathan, shares of HP are surging more than 13% this morning. The move comes on word of an investment by Warren Buffett. And we get the latest live from Bloomberg's Renita Young. Good morning, Renita. Good morning, Karen. Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway bought a stake in HP valued at more than $4.2 billion. The stock was purchased in multiple transactions this week, and Berkshire now holds about 121 million shares of HP. Berkshire has historically shied away from technology investments, but it's leaned further into the sector in recent years. Live in New York, I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Renita, thank you. S&P futures up eight points this morning and straight ahead, your latest local headlines, plus a check of sports. And this is Bloomberg. All right, Karen, thank you. It's 533 on Wall Street. Cloudy, 47 degrees in Central Park. Still dealing with the car carrier fire northbound to Jersey Turnpike by Interchange 8. Details coming up in traffic. First, Michael Barr with more on what's going on in New York and around the world. Michael. Thank you very much, Nathan. Major crime in New York City rose by 36.5% in March from a year ago, despite Mayor Eric Adams' efforts to reduce a spike of incidents. The NYPD says citywide shooting incidents increased by 16.2%. NYPD Commissioner Keechan Sewell says, though, there are some positives. We are arresting record numbers of people for shootings and homicides, and we're clearing more cases, helping to deliver justice to victims. So far this year, the NYPD has made 335 arrests linked to murders and non-fatal shootings, considerably more than the 257 such arrests made by this time last year. Commissioner Sewell says the number of homicides fell 15.8% from a year ago. Robberies rose by 48.4% and burglaries jumped by 40%. The Senate is expected to confirm Supreme Court nominee Ketanji Brown-Jackson today. It will secure her place as the first black woman on the high court. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer. It will be a joyous day. Joyous for the Senate. Joyous for the Supreme Court. Joyous for America. Senator Schumer says three Republican senators have said they will support Jackson, who would replace Justice Stephen Breyer when he retires this summer. The House voted to hold two former Trump aides, Peter Navarro and Dan Scavino, in contempt of Congress for refusing to cooperate with the panel investigating the Capitol attack. Committee Chairman Representative Benny Thompson. If they were a father, a mother, a sister, a brother, uh, had children, if they break the law, they break the law. No one's above the law. Representative Thompson says the near-party-line vote will send the criminal referrals for Navarro and Scavino to the Justice Department for possible prosecution. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg Nathan. Thanks, Michael. 
535 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update. Here's John Stanshower. Thanks, Nathan. No secret. The Knicks wanted to sign Kevin Durant a few years ago, maybe because they can't beat him. Durant's career record versus the Knicks is 20-3. and Hasn't lost to them since 2013 when he played for Oklahoma City. KD is a free agent, of course, chose the Nets over the Knicks. And at the Garden, he put on a show, 32 points, 23 in the second half. 10 rebounds, 11 assists. The Nets came from 21 down to win 110-98. And if they win their last two games, they finish 7th in the East, which means they'll need to win just one home game to move into the first round. Their coach, Steve Nash. Now we need our best effort. And I think sometimes that that is a a difficult kind of mix of of emotions and physical and mental exhaustion that we have to weather here for for a little bit. But, uh, you know, nights like tonight can help us kind of freshen up and feel that belief again. It was the second huge MSG comeback by the Nets. They had an earlier win from 28 down. That was without Durant and Kyrie Irving. Opening day, there are seven games. Not the Yankees and Red Sox at the stadium. That was postponed until tomorrow. The Mets opener in Washington was moved from 4 o'clock to 7. First game of the year, Wrigley Field. Braves today will host their champion, uh, hoist their championship banner in Atlanta. Shohei Otani will be on the mound for the Angels tonight. It'll be Cleveland's first game, known as the Guardians. The Masters tees off today. All eyes on Tiger Woods, but there are others in the field, like Scotty Scheffler, hottest golfer, now ranked number one. He tees off just before 11 this morning. Dustin Johnson, Jordan Spieth, Rory McIlroy, Brooks Kepka all play this afternoon. Hourly updates on Bloomberg Radio and a wrap-up show tonight at 11. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? Thanks, John. 537 on Wall Street. Time for the Tri-State Business Report. Here's Bloomberg's Ed Corey. Jet fuel supplies are draining fast on the East Coast, supporting wholesale prices at near record highs just when demand for air travel is closing the gap to pre-pandemic levels. Jet fuel's going for $7.49 a gallon, almost double the price of diesel in New York and more than one and a half times that of gasoline. Cheesecake Factory is facing a federal lawsuit from two employees in Yonkers. They claim the restaurant deliberately cheated them out of minimum and overtime wages and improperly delayed paychecks. Cheesecake Factory didn't immediately respond to Bloomberg's request for comment. New Jersey residents who want to improve their financial literacy can access a host of free services on a new website launched by the Treasury Department. It offers free financial education courses. You can find it at njfinlit.enrich.org. That's your Bloomberg Tri-State Business Report. I'm Ed Corey. Thank you, Ed. 538 on Wall Street. Bloomberg Radio is on the air from San Francisco to New York, London to Hong Kong. Let's check in with our global news team for some of the top stories heard on our 300 affiliate radio stations around the world. I'm Steve Potisk, and on 1010 Wins in New York, we're talking about how there really hasn't been much of a housing boom in the wealthiest suburbs. I'm Courtney Donahoe on WHAS in Louisville. Toyota says sticking to sedans is the secret to success in the U.S. I'm Gina Cervetti, and for WBBM in Chicago, I'm reporting that McDonald's shareholders will vote this spring on whether or not the company should conduct a civil rights audit. I'm Caroline Hetkel, Bloomberg DAB, Digital Radio in London. We're reporting on the government's new strategic energy plan focus on more nuclear and offshore wind i'm ed corey on wwj in detroit i'm reporting shares of automakers and electric vehicle startups plunged on tuesday as investors worried about the industry's supply chain issues those are some of the stories our 2700 bloomberg journalists and analysts are working on this morning around the world it's 539 on wall street the following is an editorial from bloomberg opinion Few phenomena illustrate the irrational exuberance of the early 2020s U.S. stock market like special-purpose acquisition companies, or SPACs. 
Over the past few years, investors have entrusted hundreds of billions of dollars to these so-called blank check companies, with amazingly little understanding of what they would receive or how much it would cost. Last week, the Securities and Exchange Commission announced it was stepping in to ensure investors have a better sense of what they're doing. The rules it proposed are sensible, but unfortunately, a little late. SPACs raised just $7 billion in the first three months of 2022, down from $139 billion in the year-ago period. It's a shame the SEC waited until the boom passed before moving to protect investors. Still, its proposals are worth putting into effect. At least next time around, people will know what they're getting into. This editorial was written by the Bloomberg Opinion Editorial Board. I'm David Shipley. For more Bloomberg Opinion, please go to Bloomberg.com slash opinion or OPI and go on the Bloomberg Terminal. This has been Bloomberg Opinion. Listen for Bloomberg Opinion editorials every weekday at this time. Terminal customers can read more at OPIN Go. S&P futures up nine points. Dow futures also up nine. NASDAQ futures up 67 points. And the 10-year treasury is up 630 seconds. The yield 2.57%. Yield on the two-year 2.43. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg 1130 weather, scattered showers and storms today, low 50s for highs. A mix of sun and clouds, chance for a shower tomorrow, low 60s. Can't rule out an isolated shower on Saturday, upper 50s. Right now, 47 in Central Park. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com enterprise data to learn more.